Go Church family, this is Roy, and I'm sitting here with Pastor Matt Hadaba. Hello, hello, hello. Marhaba. Marhaten. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. 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 <laughs> so this is our week two podcast over a series, Love Like Jesus. Isn't this a great series? It's just amazing. How challenging is that uh, when you really get into it? When you get into the practical part, it's very easy to just say, yes, love like oh, Jesus. But as like soon Jesus. as the practical part comes, it's pretty difficult. <laughs> well, difficult is the wrong way to describe it, but it does require change. It's difficult to remain the same and then really put this into practice. As you're aware, I don't like change very much. It's been a bit challenging <laughs> for me. But this week, we're going to be talking about Jesus loves irrationally. So what does that even mean, loves irrationally? Well, let's let's look back at John chapter 13. And uh, this is our key scripture for the whole series. John 13, uh, verse 34. Mm-hmm. And you command, I give to you, to love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. So not a suggestion. A command. If we think commandment, you know, you might think in the Old Testament, there's 10 commandments. In the New Testament, we have one commandment. Well, that makes sense, right? Because if you love, you know, your name, love one another as Jesus loved you, then you wouldn't commit any of the other. You wouldn't break any of the commandments, right? If, if I love you the way Jesus loved me, I wouldn't steal from you. I wouldn't definitely not murder you. You know, I wouldn't break any commandments if I loved you the way Jesus loved me. Mm -hmm. That's actually, and you know, we see that Paul wrote that in Romans, that uh, the entirety of the Old Testament law is fulfilled by the New Testament command of love. That's just amazing. And so what does it mean to be love someone irrationally? Well, we just read the 34th verse. Let's back up to the first verse of chapter 13 and just just read chapter 13 verse 1 before the passover celebration jesus knew that this that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father he had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end that's an amazing it's an amazing passage an amazing statement and John chapter 13 through John chapter 17 is really the the end the of his earthly ministry before his betrayal and and passion. If you were about to leave for a trip and you have some important things that you want to go over, hey, right before I go, I want I want to just remind you of these important things or I want to make sure that you're aware of these important things. Right before and Jesus, he says, here he says, I, I know the time has come. And, it, and then it, it says, having loved his own, he loved them to the end. Do you notice that that puts that word in the verb part of the yeah. sentence? Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's not a noun. It's a verb. He did love them, and then he continued to love them. We say Jesus last, you know, last week we talked about Jesus loved 
and loves the unlovable, including me and you. And then we're looking now, Jesus loves irrationally. John 13, Jesus is about to go to the cross and pay the price for us. Especially for the people that are actually crucifying him. It doesn't get more irrational. People spitting in his face and beating him and nailing him to well, a cross. Look at the think about what we just read last we read this last week and we we talked about it in our grow groups. Jesus came when we didn't deserve it, and he died for sinners. And Paul says, you might find someone willing to die for someone that's good, but who will die for someone that's bad? Jesus. But in that, he's he's coming to pay the ultimate price, give his life as a ransom for us to undo all the works of the devil. And this is the most important thing in history. And to say, I think why we say it's irrational to love him, because we're always measuring it by the world's standards. Yeah. And not by Jesus' standards. Exactly. That's, a, that's an important point. It's only irrational if we look at it from the world's point of view. It's actually normal to look at it from the divine point of view or God's point of view. And that's what we're going to study in our grow groups, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you haven't spent any time in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, well, I recommend that you change that (laughs) because 1 Corinthians 13 is a description of first, how Jesus loves us, and then second, how we can love like Jesus. But I love the point you just made because most people would just use 1 Corinthians 13 as just a measure for how they're doing in their love walk, which it is. But I think the beauty and essence of it is how he sees us and how he loves us. Yeah. And so, but let's just let's just look here in John chapter 13 at why we say irrational. Um, verse, thir- verse 3 says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things unto his hands and that he was come from God and was going to God. Think about that. If we use the language of Ephesians, the Bible says that God seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places after the resurrection. So far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named. Philippians says that God has given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. So verse 3 Jesus, he's like, he, he's, he's like, okay, this is the time for that. This is the time for that. And knowing that all things have been given into, into him, he does what? Verse four, he rises from supper and lays aside his garments and took a towel and wrapped himself. Now, we read that and we might not get exactly what that means, but we'd say this, we could say this another way. Jesus took off his dinner jacket and put on the garment that normally a servant would wear. What did he do? Verse five, after that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel 
that he was wearing as uh, as a cloth. So this is the same person that was rising to sit at the right hand of God, that, you know, that at his name, every, every, every single person would bow. So bowed down himself and cleaned the disciples' yeah, feet. Yeah, exactly. With the knowledge of who he is. He became a servant. The king of kings. He, and we talked about this in our message, King in a Cradle, um, that he came to serve, not to be served. But think about how irrational this looks. And you see it in the disciples. The disciples' reaction was like, what are you doing? Peter reacted really weirdly. The reason is important for us to kind of consider here. They're sitting at dinner, and he knows his time has come. And he looks at these, his disciples. Verse 1 says, he loved these guys. Like, he has love for them. And that love doesn't just sit as a feeling, but turns into action because he looks and says, their feet are dirty. This is super practical. (laughs) And you know what? Think about this. Jesus looks at that and says, I can do something about this. This is something I can do something about right now. And he does it. So he changes out of his dinnerware... The, the, the garment, which, by the way, Roman soldiers were going to gamble over in a few hours. That's how valuable it was. He takes that off. And instead, he puts on a towel like a servant would. Like a house servant would at this time. And then he starts going around. He demonstrates what does it mean to love like Jesus. He sees something that he can do. And does it. Let me ask you something. Are there things that you and I see that we can do something about? But we don't. But we say, yeah, somebody somebody should really do something about that. I'm definitely guilty of that. Somebody should somebody should fix this. It's so easy to point fingers and say, someone needs to do something about this. Some, you know what? I think someone should do something about this. But we have a saying at Go Church <laughs> that if you see something that needs to be done, you say something about it, you better get, get going and do it. Well, why do we say that though? Because we believe that the people who the Lord has called to go with Go Church, that God has put things on the inside of them that will that are for the house, that will make Go Church Beirut grow. Well, one of the ways we can spot those things is by seeing what do you see? Pastor Matt Beamer uses the illustration of like someone that sees fingerprints on a glass door and says, well, someone should do something about it. Well, it's possible, like you just said, that because you see it, maybe... It's a gifting that you have to do something about. And so, um, but here, Jesus, he looks at a very practical need that the disciples had, dirty feet, and says, I can I'm do that. do something about it. So let's ask the question a little differently. 
what's the what's the one thing that you would say or that I would say or the maybe you're listening to this you might think I'll do anything for the Lord except except that except that I don't I'm not I'm not I mean I'll do anything Lord I'll do anything you want anything you want I'm not going to work with kids I mean that's that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I don't want. I don't want to work and go, kids. But anything else, Lord, if you need me to uh, be a speaker on the big Sunday, I can do that. But what is the thing that you would say? Mm, no, it's like that. You know, turn when people say, "Like, Lord, use me, use me," and then like ten minutes, "Lord, I'm being used. I'm being, I'm used. being used." Yeah, and you know, there are there are opportunities to demonstrate love like Jesus all around us, but often they're not very spectacular. This thing that Jesus did, not very spectacular. I think what you're saying that sometimes there's things that are not even noticed. Yeah. And I love it in the example of, you know, us each being from the body of Christ and each one representing a type of, you know, piece of the body. There's certain pieces, you know, the Bible tells us there's certain pieces in the body that most people don't see, but are so vital for the body to function. And, you know, just because someone is, you know, a speaker on the big Sunday, doesn't mean that so many people were responsible for this speaker to be standing there. So much work had to be done. And so every single part of serving the Lord is vital. It's all knit and joined together. By what? By love. Yes. Love like Jesus, that's not, not just a fancy title. It's like we, if we follow him closely in the Gospels, we see that he's constantly focused on the needs of others. And we're in John chapter 13. As I said, this is right before he's arrested and betrayed and beaten, and then crucified unjustly. And if we look over to John chapter 19, it records the crucifixion of Jesus. And the crucifixion is, a, is an amazingly brutal torture for someone to go through, just on the physical side. Forget about the fact that he's bearing the sins of all mankind, yet he himself is without sin. This terrible ordeal of the crucifixion, where he's you know, the human body, and if the, when they were crucified, would have suffocated. That's normally the way they, they die. He's in the middle of being crucified. He's been beaten. And he sees his mother. And he sees John. <laughs> and he says to John to take care of his mom. This is John chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. You know, that's probably not necessary to say. (laughs) 
right? But that's the rational love of Jesus. If you th- if you think like just fast forward, I mean, in a few, in a couple of days, three days, John's going to be born again, <laughs> and he'll eventually figure it out. Oh, we gotta we gotta take care of people. <laughs> but Jesus, in the midst of the crucifixion, says, "Take care of my mom." That's just amazing, isn't it? <laughs> so irrational. If there's one thing, like I'm, I'm really occupied, trying. You know, I'm dying for all of mankind right now in in, in the crucifixion. But he focuses on another. Such a personal love with him. Yeah, like it's not just a collective thing. It's it's personal. It's about you. It's just so personal with him. Yeah, we see that in in John chapter twenty verse. 15 to 17, where, you know, Jesus comes across Mary Magdalene. And he's on his way to fulfill the plan of salvation. He's, you know, he's risen from the dead. This is, he just rises from the dead. He just rises from the dead. This is like from Genesis to now, (laughs) the entirety of the Bible has been pointing to this This moment. This moment. And what does he do? (laughs) I just keep thinking that, you know, he stops the plan of salvation just to console Mary's Mary. crying. Because Mary's crying. He says, Mary, why yeah, are let's you just, crying? Let's just look at it. Verse 14 says, and when she, Mary, had thus said, she turned herself back and uh, she saw Jesus standing, but she didn't know it was Jesus. This, this scene is like she's, she's weeping because she's come to the tomb. They're going to finish the process of of preparing his body for burial Uh, and they didn't finish it because of preparations for the passover and they she comes and and he's not there the body's not there and so she thinks someone has taken the body and jesus as you said stops the whole plan of redemption you know we we know that there are angels I'm wondering Here. what they're thinking. The Is that necessary? Like, hey, boss. Like, you're going to see her today. Like, you're going to see her in a, in a while. And, and he says, he says, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. Go to my brethren and say unto them that I ascend unto my father and to your father, to my God and to your God. And Mary Magdalene becomes the first person to preach the resurrection of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? How about that? <laughs> and and the reason, and the reason is because he loves, and from our perspective, it's irrational. But from his perspective, he's just focused on others. How what does it mean to love like Jesus? It means to take my focus and shift it from me to others. Jesus is in the, if there's one, if there's one person at any point in history that could have said, I'm busy, I don't have time for this. It's Jesus in John chapter 20, right? I mean, he, he even says, listen, listen, I'm here. I want to, it's okay, Mary, (laughs) and here's something for you to do. And I'll be right back, but I need to go. 
according to Hebrews, carry my own blood into the heavenly holy of holies to make an eternal sacrifice once for all for you. you. <laughs> but in the meantime, go tell him I'm coming. Now, if that's not irrational love, I don't know. What it's it focusing on, it's saying other people, they're more important. Because why are they more important? Well, it's right there. Jesus said, I'm going not just to my father, I'm going to your father. I'm not just going to my God, I'm going to your, your God. God. This is a relationship. And that love expressed in focused attention means that Jesus looks around and says, here's something that needs done. I can do that. I can just show you how important you are by being the servant of you all. That, that, that is just such amazing. I mean, it's so amazing to hear that. And so for our Go, Go Church family, you know, to do this practically, our standard cannot be tradition. It can't be culture or, or our class, right? Mm -hmm. It's got to be the Bible. And the examples that we just talked about, they're there for a reason. You know, I, I remember passing through these verses and not realizing what Jesus did. But now that we know, it's how can you let this go? You know, no matter how busy you think you are, there's nothing more important than the plan of salvation that just you said from Genesis all the way to that point that he was supposed to fulfill this plan and he stopped because it's personal. Yeah. And because he serves others. He, but, but he was serving others by going up to the Father and presenting his own blood on the mercy seat. But he stopped because he loved her personally. Yeah. I love that. It's personal. But uh, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't just say, oh, so it only applies to those that, you know, he has this special relationship with, like his mom and, you know, Mary, who had followed him from the beginning. What about the soldiers who were actually crucifying him? In Luke, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> what they're doing. It's so hard to breathe from what we know about crucifixion. It's hard to breathe to speak at all requires breath, and he uses breath. He uses breath to say, forgive them. That's what it means to love like Jesus. I think another thing that we can add to this is, these are all irrational stories on the world standards for a reason, is that when they came to take him, you know, when Judas betrayed him, one of uh, Caiaphas's... Uh, his servant. His servant. Yeah. Malchus. You know, Peter jumped and attacked and obviously was going for his head, but he got his ear. Peter, not a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> was trying to get to his head, but he got his ear. Yeah. And Jesus stopped. That's the person that's taking him to be crucified. He stopped and he healed the man and yeah. put his ear back. To the man that's taking you and you know where you're going. He knew where he was going. Another thing that 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 really touches my heart is that... Not, not a follower 
of Jesus, not a believer. Not at all. He's he's there to arrest him, and and he's not even part of like you know the Romans that are just following orders. These these guys are they they're they want to kill Jesus. And, exactly. Oh, here your ears missing. Here, come here. <laughs> and another point that I, like I really want to say that always touches my heart is that you know when we say that he went to the cross because of the joy set before him. Well. That joy came because he loved you so much that he wanted you to be with him in eternity. So that joy came from his love for you. Yeah. Loving you, the unlovable, gave him joy. Now, if that's not irrational, I don't know what is. Okay, but I don't want I don't want us to think, okay, well, so Jesus sets this high standard, but you know, who could live up to that? Let's Let's turn over to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7 records a the, the first person that was killed for his faith in Jesus. It's actually not one of the disciples. It's a guy named Stephen. And Stephen, we first meet Stephen in Acts chapter 6 um, because... The church in Jerusalem has grown so big that the disciples say, we need help. And so Stephen is one of the one of the people that is put forward to help with the administration of the church. So Stephen is is not an apostle from what we know. He is in charge of a food program. So he's in he's in charge of a food program at the church in Jerusalem. But he's preaching Jesus because no matter what we do, no matter where our position is, we need to be proclaiming the good news about Jesus. And he got himself in a situation where he's preaching and the people surround him and they stoned him to death. Just terrible, right? Definitely. And Acts chapter 7, verse 60, well, verse 59 says, And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Verse 60, And he, Stephen, kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. That's what Jesus said. That's exactly what Jesus said. Think about that. Stephen is being stoned means people are throwing rocks at you until you stop working. Right? They're not throwing it at his knees. They're throwing it at his head. They're throwing rocks at him and he kneels down. He kneels down and he says, Lord... Don't, don't pay any attention to what they're doing. You know what that is? Loving like Jesus. That's loving like Jesus. That's exactly, that's exactly it. Loving like Jesus. So here's the challenge. What is the thing that I can do this week that the world would say, that's irrational. But that in the example we have in scripture, we say, nope, this is just the way Jesus 
is. This is who he is. This is how he loves. If we want to live like Jesus, we need to love like Jesus. That's just amazing. Well, I hope you enjoyed this time with us. I did. And I mean, I, I'm, I just loved it. I just loved it. And um, what I love is in our grow groups, we get to dig more into the practical side. Exactly. So how do we put this all in practice? And so please come to our grow group so we can dig deeper into these subjects. I mean, how could you not want to dig deeper into what we were talking about? Yeah. And just, just like Pastor Matt said that we want to love like Jesus. I mean, Stephen was a man just like you and me, and he loved like Jesus. So it's possible to put on Jesus and put on his love and love just like him. And so we want to thank you for joining us today. And we love you so much. And we will see you next week. Amen. God bless. Love you.